Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriel Park at Camden Yards, it is the Mass and All Access Podcast, brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, as always, a very sick, very sick man in Bobby Ooh, Blanco. Not very sick. I'm getting better. Got my tea with me. We've got some good tea in the kitchen. This is really like that's some lemon ginger with a little bit of honey. Ooh, that's, that's the, tea. the good stuff. Isn't that what they say? Isn't that a kid's you expression? You keep saying that. I don't know. I keep looking at Amy Jennings, Amy who is our yes. resident young person, as if we are not young. Yeah. Uh, that's the tea. Them, Them's the teas. Why is that a fridge? Right? Where does it come from? I, I would guess that it is a Kermit the Frog, you know, and he's like, Sipping uh, the tea. I, I think that's where it comes from. Out of my business. I just love that, um, by the way, systematically, I feel like over the past year, we've always seen SpongeBob memes. I feel like SpongeBob <laughs> has come to dominate Twitter. Oh my Twitter. God, they're Just everywhere. absolutely dominate Twitter. I, I'm a head out. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's literally everywhere. My friend You can't only, go into a comment section. My friend is only talking in those memes. I, I get, he sends me four a day. It's oh like, my gosh. hey, Ian, you want to talk about <laughs> something else, bud? <laughs> can, you, can you use words? Use your own words. Hey. Yeah. yeah. They are hilarious, though. They're, they, it's tough not to get a laugh out of them. You know, when I remember years ago when the emojis first started taking over and people were like, oh my gosh, emojis are just going to ruin conversations. They're just going to take over. Instead, it's memes <laughs> that are taking over conversations. I like it. I could speak in memes, GIFs. Um, Hannah Broder already does our references one of our social media all managers. day. Yeah. I like, I like referencing stuff. I like reference, referencing stuff too. Yeah. A- at a certain point, though, there are thir- certain things memes just can't say. You know, true. Well, <laughs> like, I don't know. Certain things words can't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's a picture. If a picture is worth a thousand words, how much is a meme <laughs> worth? How much is a GIF worth? Because that's a moving picture. A GIF is worth the number of frames okay. that exist in that GIF. So, so what, like five thousand words. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. About five frames. Well, I can't remember the last time I wrote five thousand words. That's no. how many pages is five thousand words? A paragraph is like two fifty. I remember from school. Yeah, yeah. Like I, when I write the uh, Orioles magazine articles, those oh, are yeah. about a thousand words, and there's a, those are about two and a half pages long. Two and a half pages of double spaced material. You're talking like on a word no, document. Well, no, a word document, but I don't double space them. I single space it. So I mean, I'm not in college. So the good old. By the way, one of the more underrated things about Microsoft Word, the 1.5 spacing. I love that one. Love 5. it. Well, my uh, my girlfriend's in just started school again she's in grad school over here mm-hmm. at the university of maryland and she's like first assignment two pages double spaced uh. <laughs> it's like, oh it's yeah so easy that's so easy yeah. i used to do that or trick. 10 pages not two pages 10 pages oh god but still double spaced it's like that's yeah. basically five pages it's yeah so easy well my favorite thing when i was in school was i would write it all in single space and then i would select all and then make it double space so i was like oh man i'm only a page in wait a second <laughs> two whole pages I, yeah, yeah. out of nowhere yeah it just comes out of just so much space it's so much space and then you also did you add the header yes yeah oh i was just gonna ask that i always put paul mancano uh u.s history uh the date and then like the professor at the end and yep. it was like and then like two more spaces and then two more spaces then the, the title, title. <laughs> and then two more spaces and then you start yep and then you indent big indent yep yeah uh, uh, the the page margins is always a trick that people. I was never too too gutsy for that, but uh, people no. would mess with the page margin. I did that once. Did you mess with the periods? 
Some people would always go too. with the fourteen point period size. Yeah. I mean, that's a little that's a little cheap. I, I, I it like, is, but it was. I think I must have been like I think it was like a junior at Maryland, and I was just I was exhausted. I had like another paper to write, yeah. and like I was like just spelling out contractions and stuff like that, and like nothing <laughs> could get cannot. Yeah, cannot do not <laughs> will not. I just could yeah. not. I was like, oh gosh, I cannot get it to the minimum page requirements. So yeah. I was like, right, I got to do the periods thing. I've, I got to, I can't flesh this out any longer. Have I told you, I probably told this story in the podcast of a Shakespeare paper that I handed in months late. No. I, oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, and yeah, I got yeah. a 40 on it. Yeah. Yeah. That was my proudest memory from school. Let me tell you. That's a, I don't know. <laughs> I, I always, school bothers me. <laughs> school bothers me. Cause like, I like learning. Learning is great, but like the assignments and stuff, it's just not how the real world, the real world works like yeah. yeah due dates are are a thing but like you know if we need to like write a report or something like that those o's magazine articles i write mm. yeah a thousand words is like a it's like a, a rough like it's not a hard deadline like I, yeah. I didn't need to count a thousand words it's just yeah. like you know make it seem like a thousand well you know it's like but like in school no it's got to be 10 pages it's at least 10 to 12 it's got to be between this work counts yeah like, why that's never going to be the case when i get out of school true uh also something you know people always talk about oh well like i never needed to use a formula after school that's true and so when, when i was in school i hit like calculus mm -hmm. and i realized i was like i am just not I, I i was always good at math up until a certain point and i hit calculus and it was like just out of the range of my comprehension. Like I could understand it, I think, if I tried, but I was like, I don't have the time. Yeah. And I was like, I am just going to bet on the fact that I'm not gonna have, I'm gonna need to know this for a year and then that's it. So I just gave up like learning it and I was like, I'll know exactly what I need to pass the test. And I did and, it, and I just like gave up learning it because it was like, it, this is this is so, it's like so incredibly complex right. that once you get to a certain level, like calculus is not ridiculously complex, but it was like, this is just, now that I can't like look at a problem and think it through, I, I just don't want to do this. Right. It and, was laziness. Yeah, yeah. And also like the, because like I said, my girlfriend's in grad school right now. She would always like, you know, grad school is a different animal than like regular oh, high yeah. school or co or like college because it's just like, you know, she's like, as long, there's no, like she had a professor that doesn't really have hard deadlines. Mm -hmm. you, you know, there's no word count or page limit or whatever. It's like, as long as you just show that you know the, the information, you know the topic, you know the subject, you can flesh it out, you can talk about it. That's all, because that's all you're going to need to know in the real life, yeah. in real life. Like, be able to express that you understand what we're talking about, that you learned something, and then you'll get a passing yeah. grade. Oh, I mean, the difference between MLA style and AP style and just Chicago. infuriated me. The okay. fact that there was a difference and that it mattered. Who, who, oh. I, oh, <laughs> I remember sitting in school being like, who is sitting and making up these styles of writing, and why do they care so Why much? does it matter? <laughs> also, like how people like always get so turned up, and this is you know, we're getting really into the school conversation with schools. No, like get so <laughs> bothered about how people write and like there's a, no, as long as you're expressing your idea, the right information, there's multiple, there's thousands of different ways to express your ideas Yeah, and still be grammatically correct. Like yeah, everyone gets so, like the Oxford comma, everyone gets so like <laughs> strung up and butthurt about it. It's like, just present your ideas in a way that you get your idea across and it's right. understandable for your readers and then you're done. That's it. Like, why does everyone need to get all bite tight about it? And this is coming from a former massinsports.com editor. Yeah. I mean, it's, if I Sometimes understand what I you're trying to say, like, that's what I would do. Editing, like, Rock Kabaka or Steve Molesky, I could see what they're trying to say. If it didn't really come off the way what they were trying to say, just yeah. 
quick edit right there. That's all you need. But for the most part, they can get what, as right. long as they're getting their point across, that's all that matters. Yeah, and you never rewrote the article. No, and, and, God, and, no. Yeah, because you Especially want them rock. to... Rock doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a thing of uh, of rocks, I'm sure, that is like... Uh-huh. He, he wants his words to... Uh, of course, yeah, like you're a writer. You take pride in, in how you express it. Right. You would never want an editor to go back and, and change your thought in a way that, you, you know, even if you, even if it's the same general thought, you know, it's like you want the words. It's like, I put those words in that order for, yeah. Uh, yeah. for a reason. Also rock is like trained to be a writer. Like he, yeah. You yeah. Know, he's a journalist at heart. So yeah. like he, he's a phenomenal writer. Yeah. So yeah. he took very little editing, but yeah. So it's like, as long as your point is taken, that's that I'm good. Like, yeah. We don't need to be so, so strict on our writing rules. And that's why we do a podcast yes, so that we don't have to worry speak about that. As opposed to write. So that we can edit afterwards. Yeah. Just kidding. No no editing in the Mass and All Access podcast. None whatsoever. No. You heard <laughs> last. Team team no edit. Um Bobby, we got some baseball talk. Uh we uh the the Orioles are at this point a couple weeks away from the end of the year. They are a couple losses away from number one hundred. Um, and some tough news uh, coming down over the past couple weeks. Uh, second wave of um, layoffs, essentially within the Orioles organization. Um, they lay. They um, essentially cut uh, uh, fourteen more positions yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty-five in total over the past couple weeks. This is nothing that they you know put out in a press release or anything, but it is you know Rockabaco. Um, confirmed it and it has been reported several areas is that it's about 25 people um it's tough news and as as michael i said it's tough stuff um but you know especially because of uh these are people steve molesky put it these are a lot of people in all cases they're people that did good things for the orioles and in some cases they're did they're people that did good things for the orioles for a long time right um so it's it's tough to absorb the news um, but I certainly understand the reasoning for it. Michael Elias has certainly made it clear this is what they're doing. They're, they're bringing in their own people. It's a long process. A, a rebuild like this doesn't happen overnight. And um, sometimes it, it requires uh, some change within the organization. Yeah, to me, this is just Michael Elias and his people doing their due diligence. You know, you can't overturn a whole organization, like you said, overnight. Um, to me, it feels like, and let's also point out that of these five, 25 people who are leaving the organization, they're not all firings. There right, are right. a handful of people who are just retiring. retiring you yeah. know, I think Rockabaco Moving goes, into different roles. Yeah, Rockabaco goes out of his way to point out Len Johnston, who's been with the Orioles for 43 years, but he's 90 years old. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's about time you retire. And then a couple others guys who have been around the, for a long time, they've just like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to step aside and and let the the new org, the new regime take over and and fill the uh, roles as necessary. But you know, back to Elias, I think it's just you know they spent this summer or the uh, majority of this summer or this season kind of doing their own in house evaluations. Who do we see as part of our long term plan? Who do we see that we can stick or, can stick around? Because you know you like you because you can't with players obviously when you're doing a full rebuild you can't just you know, clean house. You can't go down to the Dominican Summer League and just say, all right, you guys are all done. We're bringing a whole new patch just off with you. Can't do that. Can't do the players. So why would you also do that with coaches and people and, and trainers or, you know, front office people, whoever? Um, you know, see who can stick around, see who fits into your mold. And it turns out, you know, these 25 people didn't. And, you know, I think it's not like Michael Eyes came in and day one just threw down the axe and said, you guys are done. I'm bringing my own people. He kind of did his own evaluations, had his people do their own evaluations. 
Let's let's figure this out. It's a long process. We have time to do this, and we're in no rush. Because um, you know there are there may be some people now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I do believe you know it's a lot of people who are out of a job right now or not no longer with the organization. But people are also staying in some yeah. in some roles. So you know there are guys that they saw. Hey, you know these guys know these players well. These guys are on board with what we're trying to accomplish here. They can take the information that we're giving them and translate them to the players. They can coach up well. They can scout well, what have you, whatever they do. You know, it's not a complete up turn. Let's, uh, let's, let's keep the guys that we feel like are part of our organization for the long term and then uh, kind of clean house and the other guys we don't really see and then try to get our own guys in here. Yeah, and one of the names, you know, a couple of the notable names, a lot of the names are unknown to the vast majority of Orioles fans just because they're behind-the-scenes people that you don't often hear about. Um, but a couple of the names, Scott McGregor, who, of course, played for the Orioles, and uh, Ryan Miner, who is the uh, coach, uh, manager at Frederick, um, which I think was interesting because we went down to Frederick, we interviewed him um despite the fact that you know he was one of the the people let go you know the 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 first one of the first things that that Michael Elias did upon taking over this job was promote from within he promoted you know um a buck britain within yep. the organization yep. he um uh, look where he is yeah um he promoted several of these guys within the minor leagues um you know these these are not wholesale changes that they're making across the board like you said Bobby and they're not, you know, it's not like he did this in November where, you know, he was like, all right, I, I don't even want to see what you have. He he wanted to see what he had from the entire organization. And this is also not, he made it clear, this is not a, a, a move motivated by cost cutting. This is a move that, you know, they might end up hiring more people than were right. let go. Right. So they might end up hiring 30 some people or, or however many it may be because, you know, it, it just depends on what jobs they think need to be filled. Um, and but they have also said that the roles might change, the the titles might change here and there. It's just he's just reshaping the organization. And I do have faith. In, you know, obviously I can't speak for all, but in in baseball, guys look after each other and take care of each other. And a lot of these guys have, um, you know, I'm sure they've built up great relationships. You see it with the media, the fact that the media knows a lot of these guys personally. Yeah, um, they're great at building relationships and and um, the fact that, you know, they a lot of these guys have strong track records will speak for themselves. And um, there are 30 organizations out there and hopefully these guys will um, be able to find a new home. Yeah, I think unfortunately, like with the territory of letting people go and, and firings and people losing their jobs, there's a bad stigma around that, you know, it goes more noticed than when people get promoted within. Like, obviously, yes, yeah. we made a big deal, not a big deal, but, we, you know, we praised Buck Britton when he got promoted to be the double-A manager, and that's great and all, promoted within. N- not to say that these guys didn't do great organizations, but it just it draws more attention when something like when people lose jobs like this yeah, um, in a negative way, and that's just the nature of what you're doing, um, which is unfortunate. But, again, I mean, it's not to say that these Guys didn't do good things for the Orioles and the organization in the past. It's just, you know, it's a new day. This And this happens in every business, you know, just not just baseball, not just professional sports. Any business across the board, someone comes in new, they want their own people. You know, it's people that they can vibe with, for yeah. lack of a better term. People who are on board with what they're trying to accomplish, who see their vision. Not to say that these guys couldn't do that, but it's just, you know, it, you know, he did his own evaluations. He made a choice. It's a tough choice. And because it's, you know, a, rebu- a rebuilding team, because it's a professional sports team and a, and a baseball-loving town, it, it's kind of 
high, highly touted and, and highly publicized, but you know, this happens everywhere in any kind any kind of business. And that's just the nature of it. And it is sad, but also, you know, good on Michael Elias and, and acknowledging points and, and areas where, okay, we can improve here. We can, this is where I want this guy. This is where I want someone else. We can take this guy, move him here, stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, it, it sucks that people are out of a job, but like you said, baseball is a, is, is a tight brotherhood. And, and I'm sure a lot of these guys, if they want, they will land on their feet elsewhere and in, in different organizations. It's a large, it's a large sport. There's a, there's yeah. a need for people like these. Um, so yeah. Uh, but kudos to Michael Elias for, for pulling the trigger and, um, and uh, bringing his own guys in and we'll see how he fills these areas, especially in the lower levels of the minor leagues. And yep. And, and the uh, Dominican League, the Dominican League rookie level goes Gulf Coast League down in Sarasota. We'll see how he fills those areas in terms of and uh, scouts and coaches mm-hmm. and how they help develop their young talent. And in terms of players, uh, the Bowie Bay Sox are currently doing quite well under yeah. Buck Britton's tutelage. Uh, they are unfortunately lo- just lost Game One of that series, but uh, we have been down to Bowie during this playoff series. We also went to Delmarva, who unfortunately. Just had a poor offensive game at the worst possible time, and they as they lost in game two. An amazing season. Sucks that it's a best of three series. You're not going to get the best. <laughs> you know, I like mean, you can have two yeah, bad games. Best of three. That's bizarre, but it's tough. Baseball yeah. is bizarre. Weird, man. I mean, Delmarva had the best minor league regular season of any minor league team in all of baseball. Yeah, 90 wins. And they're out in two games. Yeah. And meanwhile, look at where Bowie started the start this season. Now they're in the Eastern League Conference Championship Series. Yeah, you're exactly right. So it's just baseball is a fickle thing. Uh, so, but good for Bowie. Uh, the ridiculous fact is that the Trenton Thunder are throwing out major league players. Just all the Yankees. I mean, Severino is starting tonight. tonight. Luis Severino. I think Jordan Montgomery started last night. Yeah. I think Batances, Dylan Batances. Is, is down there too? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, he's available out of the bullpen. That is just unreal that that's allowed. I mean, I understand that these guys. <laughs> it makes sense. I get it. No, I mean. No, well, a lot of these guys really. are, are rehabbing. So. I know. I know. No, yeah. it, it makes sense that during the regular season, you can do a minor league rehab game. But, you know, when it comes down to the playoffs, like what happens when the minor league season is over? And the guys need to do rehab. They go down to Florida. They right. go down to whatever the team's spring training facility is and does it there. I get facing live opposing hitters is more beneficial. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like you're just taking away things, taking away experiences, opportunities from some of these kids in your own organization, too. Like, who would have True. been starting in these playoff games if Severino and Montgomery weren't there, right? True. You know, like, you know. Some of these guys might not ever see the major league. This might be, but we talked to Buck Britton last week in Bowie before they started their semifinal series against uh, Harrisburg. And he was like, you know, this might be the only time some of these players in this clubhouse play for a championship game. So they're, they're treating it special. And now you're, I get the Yankees have higher hopes in terms of winning a world series as opposed to Eastern league championship series. And they're not concerned with it, but you know, for a team, you know, obviously their double a team has had a really good season as well. Why would you, I feel like once it gets to the playoffs, you should not be allowed to have a, a major league player do a minor league rehab assignment in the postseason. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like go somewhere else, <laughs> like <laughs> go to your Florida spring training facility, go, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't think it's fair to the double a players or the minor league players who have been there all season long, who are busting their butts, trying to win a championship on both sides. Again, it's not just, he's not taking away, just the Bowie Bay Sox opportunity. You know, there's guys on that Trenton roster who are probably looking like, well, I was supposed to start game one and now 
you know, I'm not going to be able, I can't say that I yeah. ever pitched in a postseason game because I might not make it. Yeah, it does suck. And, and I think of uh, game two that uh, I went down to Del Marva for, and, you know, Gray Fenter was the starter for that game. He's 23 years old. I mean, at, at, at that point, it's probably unlikely. It's unlikely for most of these guys to make the major leagues. But at that point, you know, it, this might be the closest thing he comes to a championship. Maybe like the point. pinnacle of their careers. And, yeah. and it, he, he talked about what it meant to him to, to pitch the game of his life. He had a, an, an incredible game on the mound, and it meant a lot to him. And he said, I wasn't going out there for me. I was going out there for my teammates. And, you know, it, it, it meant a whole lot more, um, even though it's not, it's not in the big bright lights of a major league ballpark. But I think you make a good point there, Bobby. It's, I, it's, it's a special opportunity for a lot of these guys. During the regular season, totally fine. I get that. I think once these minor league teams get into their respective playoff seasons, it, their major league clubs should not be allowed to send down major leaguers for rehab assignments. Yeah. They, should, they need to go find somewhere else to do it because those teams and those players, those coaches have worked too hard to have an opportunity squandered because the major league club needs it to. Well, let's hope that I get the major league club again takes precedent. I understand that there's more money in the major league club. The Yankees are actually trying to win a World Series here, but I mean, come on. Let's, yeah, let's let's have let's have some dignity here. Let's for these players. Let's hope that uh, the Bowie Bay Sox can overcome it. That would make the victory all the much I mean, more sweet. You know what? And we talked to Steve Molesky too, and you know, because he was there covering that game one when Bowie and he mentioned back when the Bay Sox won it in 2015, like that team was determined to win because yeah, I feel like. I want to get this right. They fell behind in that series and then came back and won three in a row yeah. to win that championship series that year. And that team would just would not go away. And so, yeah, you're right. It could make it that much sweeter if they say, yeah, we went out and beat Luis Severino and Dylan Batances in a game to tie it 1-1 and then came back to Bowie and won it in five or won it in four. That, yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously having major leaguers start the game tilts the favor towards Trenton. Yeah. And uh, they will – so they play the first two games on the road – in Trenton, and then they come back home for three, four if necessary, five if necessary. So, you have, you have, they could win in front of their... If you have the means, get down to Bowie. Yeah. 40 minutes down the road, they play uh, definitely Thursday night, and if necessary, uh, Friday, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have the, if the if they're playing and you have the means, get down to uh, Bowie but, and watch the Bay Sox go for a championship. That, yeah. It's a lot of fun down there. If you have the John Means. Um, you and Amy Jennings are going tomorrow. Yep. You and I are possibly going Friday if necessary. Mm-hmm. Should be fun. Yep, should be a good time. Um, that John Means pun, we like to make puns around here. I have a series of puns in a game called Would You Watch That Show? But, wa- first, <laughs> but first, we're going to hear from uh, the previously mentioned Amy Jennings. Hey, O's fans, thanks for tuning in. If you like what you see here, head over to MassInSports.com for even more Orioles coverage. Rock Kubaka looks at the retirement of Lynn Johnston and Steve Molesky's covering Bowie's playoff run. So head over to MassInSports.com for all of that and more. Thank you, Amy. Now we have Would You Watch That Show. Bobby, you have played this game before. Yes, it's been a while. It has been a long time. My creative juices uh, kind of went away midseason. Um, I'm trying to get them back. So I am. Uh, I have a series of show t- uh, show examples. I'm going to pitch them to you, all revolving around the Baltimore Orioles. You just let me know whether you would watch that show. Is that okay. fair? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> we played this on the Orioles side before, right? I think so. We've definitely played on the Nats. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we have played on the Orioles side as well. Okay. But uh, totally new players since then. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Sunny with a chance. Now this is the exact same title. As a Disney show. This one is going to be on Disney Plus, Bobby. Sonny with a Chance. Now, in that Disney show, Demi Lovato was the star. What can really bring out the best in Demi Lovato for this show? 
Chance Sisko. Uh-huh. And she's got a great battery mate to go along with Chance Sisko. So this is a Disney Plus show. It is mostly for uh, young kids, young adults. Um, but basically, I don't even know the plot of Sonny with a Chance, the actual show. But let's just throw Chance Sisko in there with Demi Lovato. See what happens. Is Demi, Lo- like, is Demi Lovato's character named Sonny? I think so. Okay. And so I think it was interesting because I don't know if there was ever... there's anybody in this room looking at you, Amy Jennings, uh, and Hannah Broder that saw the show Sonny with a Chance. Nope, nobody has seen it. But I'm guessing that it was her name was just Sonny, and then they just said, ah, with a Chance, because with a Chance of meatballs or whatever. Here she is. But wouldn't that make the most sense to get two puns, Sonny with a Chance? Of Cisco? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got no. I hear. I, I know what you're coming from. <laughs> no, I get it, Paul. So, would you watch that show, Bobby? Uh, I'm trying to find the series. Follows the experiences of teenager Sunny Monroe, portrayed by Demi Lovato, who becomes the newest accepted cast member of her favorite live comedy television show, So Random. Wow! Yikes! So random. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say. I, I can't get the image out of my head. I'm picturing, like, Demi Lovato standing there, like, cross-eyed like this, and yeah. then Chances go, like, back-to-back. Back, how about like, how about he's, like, the director like of the show, shrug. and Demi Lovato's, like, uh, you know, she is just right. giving him a hard time on the set every day, and he's like, we gotta film this scene! <laughs> is that and then I gotta like? get back to Camden Yards and catch <laughs> John Means! If that's the concept, I'm in, because if... Chance Cisco can direct a show like, you know, he's a catcher. He directs the game. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I, I can get behind that. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. He's got to call a game. He's got to call the shots. Yeah. He's All right. Shots. Sonny with a chance. Got he's, the green direct, light. he's directing the, the uh, live comedy show. So yeah. random. We know that uh, Paul Fry, his nickname for Players Weekend was Papa Frita. This show was called Papa's Fritas. So it is uh, like cooking pop- show. Cooking show. Yeah. It is Papa oh, apostrophe S. So it's like dad's Fritas. If that makes sense, like but basically he is—he is—it's a cook, Paul Fry cooking show. All of the dishes that he makes are baseball themed. All right. Well, we did that uh, Paul Fry French fry taste test segment during Players Weekend, and Paul Fry knew his stuff. He did know his stuff. So I'm going to say yes because okay. of how well he already knows food yep. and already knows how. I'm guessing he has cooking experience. Maybe he's just a good. Taste tester. <laughs> I'm guessing I, he has I could, experience. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I could guess this. I can get behind this. And they're all baseball themed, sure. I'm guessing a lot are going to have French fries. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I, I, also, I'm a sucker for cooking shows. Oh, really? Talk about how I'm not feeling well. Like, like I'm a sick. My go-to when I was sick as a kid was oh, yeah. lying on the couch and watching the Food Network. Oh, really? Because you know how when you're sick, you don't have an appetite? Yeah. You don't feel, and you need to eat. So I would watch the Food Network so I could get, get an appetite hungry. and then oh. get hungry and eat and then start feeling better. Yeah, I would just watch CSI. It was just CSI as a kid. Uh, yeah, my sister got me into it as a, <laughs> not as like a young. Kid. I was gonna say like it was it did scar me a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, my sister wanted to be a forensic scientist at yeah. that point, so she was like, "Let's watch CSI." Whenever she would babysit me, yeah, like come on. So Papa's um, Free just sounds like a show I would watch if I was sick and like thirteen years yeah. old. All right, well we're gonna stick with the Players Weekend school. nicknames. Okay. Richie Martin, do you remember what his players nickname? Uh, players um, nickname? Hey, number one, number one, uh, something rich. Yeah, rich kid, rich boy, rich boy. That's close. This one is called Rich Boy Poor Girl. 
<laughs> this is, uh, you ever hear that show, Two Broke Girls? It looks just terrible. Oh, that show is awful. Have I you watched to, it? I, a handful of times. My my old roommate and I used to play a game. It's so, it's one of those CBS shows with a laugh track and everything. It's so predictable. We would literally sit there late at night. Cause yeah. you know, they run like late night reruns on yep. like TBS or whatever. We would sit there late at night and try to guess what they're gonna like the what the the, punch, the punchline's gonna be. Yeah, it's like oh brother, whatever you know. It was so easy, yeah. and that show was god awful. Yeah, but this sounds this sounds like it has more promise. <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, Rich boy, poor girl. <laughs> Richie Martin stars in a two bro- broke girls esque sitcom. Uh, my guess is he finds love with a uh, young, uh, I don't know, hard on her luck girl. Yeah. But somebody like let's just take one of the, I don't even know two of the two characters. Let's just take one of the two broke girls characters. Let's throw her in there. She's the the girl in the show. Okay, rich boy, poor girl. Would you watch that show? Probably not. Sorry, Rich. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. I would. I would. I mean, Richie Martin. I could see him being a. What's uh, the backstory here? How do they meet? A good romantic. What lead. is her, what? What is she doing here? Like, I need more deep. I need more backstory. Well, it to takes place in Baltimore. Right. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> then probably not. All right. Fair. We'll keep it going. Um, another staying in the sitcom category. Chip off the old block. Block spelled B L A C H. <laughs> Ty Block, the starter from last night's game. Uh, he is. Uh, it's another sitcom. And this one revolves around the Orioles clubhouse. So he is a uh, the grizzled kind of you know vet. He's been on the Giants. He's been around. He's twenty eight, and he's got a he's got to corral this group of uh, of crazy youngsters okay. on this team. Chip off the old block. Okay, I thought I was trying to look up if he, him and his wife had any kids, but uh, I can't couldn't figure that out. So it's like, or was it gonna be like a family like sitcom show? Or but it, okay, I idea. like that idea of him. Like he's kind of the old. Bring in the old guy to take care of the young kids, and they're all chipped off the old block. I don't know if has it's like a Bull Durham vibe show. kind of ish with <laughs> baseball, like bringing the vet to yeah on the Kevin miles. Costner. Yeah, I don't know if he's strong enough to be the lead of a sitcom. To be H, uh-huh. this is this is a big leap for the studio. I don't know if they can make this leap. I'm gonna yellow light that one. Okay, table that for maybe next next well, fall season okay we'll get a pilot going yeah, we'll, we'll yeah send show, that show me a pilot desk. and we'll see we'll send that across yeah. your desk see, the craziest thing is the pilots have you heard like there are shows that like they film they shoot the the episode they film it they cut it and then they're like nah nah they, they just scrap it nah. what happens to those ep- the like the lost episode it's a it's hollywood baby oh man it's boy when i make business. it big i'm gonna well, what happens also to like those actors that are in it and like all the producers and like some of them are filmed in front of live audiences yeah like I don't know. They just, they just never speak of it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> just disappears into yeah. the ether like every single Fox show. Uh, this one is called Mind Hunter, which is exactly like the other one. And I'm guessing you're going to have a guess as to where this one is going. About. I'm guessing it has to deal with Hunter Harvey. And it has to deal with <laughs> Hunter Harvey. Uh, it is the dark, gritty exploration, uh, kind of, you know, Netflix style, yeah. of uh, what a closer does when he's not pitching. And hint, mm. hint. Some closers have some dark past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. I, you got to get into the mind of I a closer. Am, I'm in on that. I think the mind of a closer is a fascinating space. Mm-hmm. It is one of the toughest jobs in all of sports because you have to be ready in a split second. You have, are in the immediately thrust in, into the most challenging and most stressful part of the game. Mm-hmm. And all eyes are on you and the whole team's counting on you. 
that is a lot to burden. So yeah. yeah, I am in on how closers handle that. He is. I'm imagining Hunter Harvey is like the Jonathan Groff character in this. He is, uh, you know, kind of like the younger cop trying to figure this out. He's like, because he's new to closing. He's new to well, not exactly closing, but he's new to being a reliever, and he's like trying to figure this out. And he's discovering that it is a dark, his rules. deep world. He has a big conversation with Brian Wilson, who exposes everything. <laughs> um, just starts naming names, mm-hmm. and uh, things get really dark. Things right. get really dark. Yeah, I'm in. All right, mind like that one. Uh, this one is called uh, Junior to Senior. It's a buddy cop drama uh, starring uh, Dwight Smith Sr. <laughs> and Dwight Smith Jr., both of whom we've had in this very studio. 100% in. <laughs> Not That's the best one yet. Okay. I like buddy cops are fun to begin with. Yeah. Buddy cop shows are fun to begin with. And add a father-son element to it, mm-hmm. all in. Um, and both Especially those guys, we the, know those guys are great. The tough streets of Baltimore. They can get in some antics. Some antics. They can get some shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Junior to senior. The the way those two were playing off each other back in May, I'll tell you, that was uh, was some potential. That was a fun day. Yeah. We look fondly back on that interview. We do. We do. Our our biggest accomplishment. All right. Finally, last show, and would you watch that show? Lefty for Dead. Oh, boy. It's like The Walking Dead, and it stars Hanser Alberto, who has to pretend that he's dead in order to survive a zombie apocalypse. Because he crushes lefties? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but just right, imagine, then. just imagine Hanser Alberto like all in some zombie makeup and he's like walking around and they act yeah. like he's normal and they turn to the camera and winks. I mean, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Day three. He's such a great, he's Day such a great 64. character. You <laughs> still think I'm a zombie. <laughs> um, then he like falls in love with one of the zombies. It's just like all. Oh, uh, what's that movie where that, uh, that girl falls in love with the zombie? Yeah, I fell yeah. in love with the zombie or something. Something like, um, Beating hearts or something like yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah. I never saw it. Um, I need a better concept than that. <laughs> There's, I get you're going with. I thought with this hit. was a strong candidate. Is, I'm not gonna lie. Really, that's easily this your was, biggest. That's easily was, your biggest stretch. I left the best for last. Lefty for really? dead. Come on. The buddy cop between Dwight Smith Jr. and his dad is easily the best. Well, I think I think Hans Roberto has some serious potential as a, a lead in a series. Yeah, I, no, I get no. That's I, all I'm but, saying. That's so, but the other thing too is though you got to play to your actor, your star. Hans Alberto, such a fun-loving, <laughs> exactly. always smiling guy. He can't be in a serious. It's like when Jim Carrey did Twenty Three. It's like <laughs> you know, can he do it? Oh, he pulled it off, there but he didn't really. A, but any know, show involving Hans Alberto has to involve some comedic element. It's got. It's like Steve Carell, and like uh, you know, they throw him into a. He's not there yet, Paul. He has a ta- <laughs> his his acting career needs to take off being the comedic actor that he was born to be, and then you can take on some more serious projects down the line. Okay. I'm telling you right now, as your executive... Look, I appreciate, I appreciate the criticism. I appreciate it. Back that to being script. said, I might just break off from the studio and just fund this project as a passion project myself because, right. frankly, the world needs to see Hanser Alberto in zombie makeup. See how it does at the Toronto Film Festival. <laughs> Joker is getting apparently great uh, oh, reviews getting, on some film I festivals. I have some thoughts about that. But yeah, it, it, that it's, uh, yeah, I feel like your voice is dying with a little tea. Yeah, it's not dying. It's just I don't sound the best. I'm probably pissing people off who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sound wonderful. I, I don't like the way I sound, and I also 
don't enjoy listening to people who sound sick. Yeah, I totally. If if you're turned off by my sound today, my voice today, I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> totally, because I am too. You're, yeah. you're not alone. Well, it's funny because this is my normal voice, and I'm probably annoying people as well just with my normal. Voice. Oh, I don't say. Ah, uh, got him. Self burn. All right, that just about does it for the Mass and All Access podcast. Don't forget, you can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. But you probably already know that because you're listening anyway. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube on the Mass and Orioles YouTube page, and you can watch us on the Mass and All Access Facebook page as well. He's Bobby Blanco. I'm Paul Mancano. Thank you for listening, watching to the Mass and All Access podcast brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today.